0: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll and I've got one of the AEW wingmen here today. Ryan Nemeth makes his talk, his Jericho debut and he's talking all about his faction with pretty Peter Avalon, JD Drake and Sessa Balloni how it came together and their instant chemistry. Ryan's also talking about his time in OVW and FCW and what he learned from both Rip Rogers and Dusty Rhodes. He explains why he thinks he never got called up to the WWE main roster and why he was sort of surprised when WWE released him. He's got stories about wrestling with his brother, Dolph Ziggler, and the comedy show they do together. You'll hear how both they got started in comedy and how Ryan's style differs from his brother. And, of course, we're talking about Ryan's award-winning short film, Heel. It's won all kinds of awards in the festival circuit. He wrote and produced it. Maggie Levin directed it, and you'll find out why he hired her. He also shares what inspired him to do his own fictional take on the very serious speaking out movement that happened in wrestling over the last year. Ryan Nemeth coming up. So is Fozzie's Save the world tour after an amazing week last week. We sold out Iowa City and had two great shows at Rockfest in Kadat, Wisconsin, and the Jacksonville Taco Fest, both of them in front of thousands and thousands of people. It was a great way to get back uh, into the swing of things. We continue August 7th in Sheboygan at Brat Days. And then the Save the World Tour starts in earnest. Columbus at the Newport Music Hall on September 2nd. All the dates are on FozzyRock.com, including Joliet, Belvedere, Kansasville, Wisconsin, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I want to let you know that Pittsburgh, Flint, Michigan, Johnson City, Tennessee, and Cleveland are all already sold out, so do not be left behind. Get your tickets now at FozzyRock.com. We're going out with Through Fire, Royal Bliss, Black Satellite, Zero Theorem will be there for some of the dates. It's going to be a great time. And don't forget about the Fozzie VIP experience, the best VIP your money can buy. Uh, We do uh, a uh, mini set, a mini concert for you guys, five songs, some you'll hear later on, some you won't. Cover songs, obscure Fozzie songs, et cetera, et cetera. We meet you and we greet you. We take a picture together. It is a whole lot of fun. We're doing that in Europe as well, in the U.K. and in Ireland. We start there November 30th in Manchester, England, Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast, London, etc., etc., etc. So uh, Nottingham is about to sell out, so get your tickets for that if you're waiting at FozzyRock.com. Go check it out. We'll see you all in the U.S. in September and October and in the U.K. and Ireland in December. And we'll see Ryan Nemeth right now, right here on Talk is Jericho. All right, so... Um, here with Ryan Nemeth, which is lots to talk about. But uh, first and foremost, you're in AEW now, and uh, you were at the big fan fest today. Fan fest? Festival. That's right. First of all, just the fact that we actually have a fan fest, which is amazing, because we're now back to doing fairly big crowds. How was it, just being around people and being around fans and that sort of a thing? Because this is your first real, you know, uh, I mean, we've had the smaller crowds, but to be in front yeah. of an actual crowd for the first time in AEW. Yeah.
1: Actually, uh... Last night, I guess, when uh, we, we were doing some of the elevation matches, it's the first time I went out in front of a crowd at AEW, and I'm very vocal, Just, yeah. I like scream a lot and getting you know getting stared at a little kid and give him a hard time and all that, and I was screaming so much and it was so hot in there and all the people were you know the excitement, heat, sweating the the hunk jacket, which is very much a Jericho jacket, <laughs> and. Uh, I almost, I felt like I was going to, I'm like, am I going to pass out right now? I'm not even wrestling. I'm just like managing right now. So it was so awesome that I almost fainted, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, today we got to wrestle in front of, I don't know how many people were there. I think it was over a thousand. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. It felt uh, like how it was supposed to feel. And it was an amazing, uh, of course, with the, the Billy Gunn family, mm-hmm. Billy, Billy and Colton, uh, the my favorite probably singles indie match I ever had was with Billy Gunn. So oh, really? it was sort of, he was like, Hey, just remember that one. Mess <laughs> with the crowd a little bit and have fun. And I just thought like, thank God. Yes. All well, right. it
0: makes such a big difference. I was talking to Luther earlier and it's like, we were so kind of conditioned to having no people or small people, or they were all scattered around. And you kind of forget that the crowd makes, makes everything. Like there's certain acts that you watch on screen and be like, okay, you see it in front of a crowd, and just like, rah. yeah, and that's been the missing element. There's so many talents and acts and factions and groups here mm-hmm. that haven't had that yet. We don't even know the extent of how over some of the guys and girls are going to get.
1: Yeah, and if uh, if this is a company that you know, like acknowledges the crowd and what they do, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the past year, who knows? Like, yeah, maybe someone you think would be right. a huge hit isn't, and someone who. You don't, upon first glance, think so that maybe the crowd is just going to connect with them like crazy. And it's pretty exciting, yeah.
0: Well, that's what I was saying, too. Like, if you watch Hogan and Rock from WrestleMania, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, with the sound on, it's one of the best matches you'll yeah. ever see. You watch it with the sound off, it's one of the worst matches you'll <laughs> ever see. It's like, and it made such a difference. So I was just excited to hear from a lot of people, even watching last night, just the looks on people's faces when they came out in front of a crowd. That actually surrounded us, which was a big thing too. You say yeah. that with the people in the bleachers. We haven't been surrounded and by the left side. It's pretty cool. Since. Yeah. So it's just good to, to see that. I'm glad you're getting a chance to experience that.
1: After we had our match, I was like kind of just so fired up. I was kind of pacing around, and Trent came up to me and said, "Hey, did you get hurt or something?" <laughs> I said, "No." I and he said, you, "You you can tell me. Did you get a concussion?" I said, "No."
0: And he said, "Why are you acting so weird?" I was like, "I'm excited, dude. This is awesome." <laughs> It's the best. So it's, it's interesting, though, in the pandemic when lots of people didn't have work or lost jobs. You actually gained a job in AEW, which is interesting because we'll talk yeah. about how you, you know, your, your earlier days in XT and stuff. But I, I knew you were into comedy, but mm-hmm. being in wrestling, I didn't know how all in you were. And then you show up here and now you got a gig. It's great. What a
1: very, from my point of view, unexpected turn of events. Just massively unexpected. Possibly the most unexpected thing that's ever happened in my so life. So tell us what happened. Well, uh Brody Lee was a great friend of mine back okay. met him in FCW and NXT and uh he he guested it on a couple of our comedy shows too. He went and did the Detroit Improv Fest with us and he would, you know, pop in when we did like shows at Mania and wherever. And uh kept in touch with him and Amanda. I sometimes used to help babysit uh, junior. He has no <laughs> memory of this happening, you know. <laughs> But uh, Trent and Luchasaurus both have been telling me, hey, they're they're doing a birthday party for him, so you should fly in. Amanda would like that, like, surprise her. And birthday just,
0: for, Brody for Brody Jr. For Brody Jr.,
1: yeah. I said, uh, I said oh, it's kind of weird to just show up at a wrestling company you don't work for. And they said, don't worry, it's fine. And also, just bring your gear. They have, they have a lot of extras around. Who knows? Maybe they'll get a match or something. And I said, I, kind of like going back and forth, felt very strange. I didn't want to, you know, there's like a cringy feeling about that, like, Hi, guys. I oh, you just happen to be a wrestler. I know School you're... To come say yeah. hi. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll, uh... Ho- I hope this kid remembers me. I don't know if he even would at this point. It's been five years since I've seen him. And uh, I came in for the birthday, uh, said hi to her. It was very cool. It gr- felt like a really nice reunion. I say this all the time to, to people who have been here since day one, but it's, like, such a different atmosphere that just... Probably everybody says that all well, the time. But in
0: what way, though? I was, like, hearing well, that.
1: okay, uh after like an hour maybe before we got to the building just like flying in and hanging out at the hotel and stuff i felt like oh this is like what i loved about fcw cool dudes and girl like the cool people it mm-hmm. seems like all the sort of like none of the people you don't want to be around yeah.
0: everyone gets along and it's cool right yeah
1: it's cool it's people who are here because they love wrestling and love entertaining people not someone who was like well i was you know kind of good at football and they said i should come here okay here i am mm-hmm. like it's sometimes that turns out to be a good dude, you know, but so, uh, yeah, I saw her as kind of a cool reunion and fun. And then they said, Hey, do you want to be in a match? And I said, I have my gear, of course. <laughs> you know, sure, because you always. It's always in the trunk? Yeah, it's always in there. You can't go to a wrestling show without having it. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. To inexplicably have a debut match on Dynamite against Adam Page <laughs> is pretty wild. Dude. Was that the first match I was on Dynamite? We did uh, a six-man arc, and then Tony, as we were going back through the tunnel, he came halfway through the tunnel and said, "We're not going to air this. I want you to uh, we'll figure something else out." And I was like, "All right." And then the next morning, I sort of thought I interpreted that as, "Oh, I really blew it. I must have sucked. And, you know, right?" Something went wrong. And the next morning, uh, Jess Palumbo, like, was on, like, you know, talking on the phone, but like looking at you. Yeah. She goes, "Hey." It's you and uh, Hangman tonight, and and she walked off, and I was like, "What? Why?" I mean, great, but okay, cool. And so, what was it that
0: Tony saw in that one match? (laughs) I don't know, man. But I'm happy about it. He took a liking to you right away because it was the same thing. Like you said, that after not really being, I hadn't heard your name in a while, and now you're dynamite, you know.
1: And that whole year of uh, the pandemic, I was doing like stunt coordinating wrestling, uh on T V shows and music videos and movies. So not like in, in shows. I was a little apprehensive about doing indie indie bookings during all that. I just didn't know what it was all so mysterious that I thought like unless this is with a major company I'm gonna like hold back on the shows. But luckily in LA for some reason that year everybody wanted to do wrestling stuff and I was just available to do that. So it was cool. Like Snapchat did a wrestling like app video oh, game okay. thing I and gotcha. then AP Bio, the the NBC show, did a wrestling episode, and they they brought me in and said, can you help us with, like, dialogue, finding a ring, finding wrestlers, planning out the matches, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could do all
0: that. In other words, can you do everything? Can you do every single
1: thing? Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, What else? Some music videos, and then just finishing up the, the movie heel we did. Right, right. So it was cool. I was in a ring a lot but not having like matches matches Mm. like kind of like segments of matches oh man i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i was on the the final season of Glow before it got canceled oh really so working a lot with chavo yeah that was awesome so they
0: actually filmed it
1: we filmed one episode wow just finished the episode and then everything got like put on pause and we thought okay in january we'll pick up again and i was a boyfriend of one of the characters and I, i was thinking like Maybe this is a one-off episode, but she like pulled me aside one day and said, "I think you're in like the whole season." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a big break. Exactly a big break. Like wrestling and acting, like acting. You like that's perfect. That would be great." And then we just kept hearing like, "Well, they're gonna delay it more, delay it more." And then, "Hey guys, we're just canceling the whole thing." And I thought, "Come on, there's one make a movie or something. I don't
0: know." I, I, whenever stuff like that happens, it always makes me think there was more to it than just that. Yeah, like they are looking yeah. for a way out, maybe. Good. Because that show was a great show, and it was very critically acclaimed, Yeah, and, and it seemed like Netflix was behind it. So in, in being in this business, did somebody
1: what's get, the deal? Yeah. get
0: in a, a fight, or an issue, or an argument, or creative problems, or money? Mm-hmm. So,
1: And it could be um, so far up a totem pole that no one will ever know, but right. like, yeah, right. right.
0: So anyway, so, so you came here and did the, yeah. the match on Dynamite, and then was it pretty soon after that? Okay, like so...
1: Man, crazy. So, my family's texting me, like, hey, how was the birthday party? And I'm like, well, I'll be on TV next week fighting one of the, you know. And they're like, what? what well,
0: the best part of all was I'm in a group chat with, with your brother and a couple of ones. Okay. One of them's a Motley Crue group chat with Bubba Dudley. And it's <laughs> pretty much a daily thing. And of course, like any great brother, didn't mention once that you're going to be here. Not a word. Because I remember when I saw you by, I'm like, that looks like Dolph's brother, but he would have told me that he was coming. And it's like, nope. <laughs> no, total <laughs> secret.
1: Yeah. Uh, so after that match Tony pulled me aside and said like great it went great let's go let's go uh I'm gonna send a camera crew to LA we're gonna film some stuff and I was like I I I thought like he thinks I work here I don't work here I'm just visiting (laughs) and then less than 48 hours later I'm in Venice Beach with a you know local film crew and I'm thinking I'm talking up this match because I didn't I sort of didn't get the filming schedule so I'm like okay I have to Talk about the match that we did and like why, but then I thought, why am I having this match? It's kind of exciting, like, invent things to say, like any good actor does. Yeah, hey, that's your backstory. Improvise, but... yeah. And it was really refreshing when they posted that road to dynamite to have all the fans who hate my brother and hate me be like, whoa, oh, suddenly you're on dynamite now. You don't have to go through the dark and all that. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. I love yeah. this. Nice to have them being angry again.
0: And you like playing that too on social media. Oh, stuff yeah, read a lot of stuff. Big time. Was one of, was when you lost a match or something, you posted something that was actually pretty funny about losing. I can't remember what it was.
1: <laughs> they love do my face, man. What's that? <laughs> when I uh a uh, lot in the pack, the that's M- the Pac, one we get yeah. choked
0: out or something. Yeah, who choked who was that? Ah, uh, pack. Pac. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That was it. Yeah, I like to say pack. Yeah, but uh, pack. Are you pack? are pack man? Yeah, Which is the- pack man, but the the faces and then uh, that face. My brother will, in the family group chat, just put on anything. He'll, a photo of a magazine somewhere, just my face is on that, it. And it's like, this is not even a joke, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's good.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Heal, the short film you made. It's winning awards all over the country. And we'll do that. But first, I want to say thank you to Magic Spoon. Starting my day with Magic Spoon's protein-packed delicious cereal gives me the energy I need to get everything done. Uh, And so you know by now that I eat cereal for breakfast again, thanks to Magic Spoon. And you should as well, and you can uh, as well, because Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's only 140 calories per serving as well. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, GMO-free, low-carb, and you can build your own custom box. Magic Spoon has a ton of great flavors. I love blueberry My kids love cocoa and they mix it with the peanut butter because it tastes like a peanut butter cup. You can choose the flavors you like best for your custom bundle with cocoa, peanut butter, blueberry, fruity, frosted cinnamon, super nutritious. It's good for you. It tastes just like uh, the stuff you used to eat when you were a kid and you remember from childhood. Just go to magicspoon.com slash Jericho, grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today and be sure to use my promo code Jericho at checkout to save five bucks off your order. Magic Spoon is so certain that you'll love their cereal that they back it with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So, get your next delicious guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Jericho and use my promo code Jericho to get five bucks off your order. Thanks to Magic Spoon for supporting Talk Is Jericho and the breakfast of La Champion. So now you're here and and like you said, it's a great forum for you, it's a great spotlight for you to be back in the business yeah but um i really want to talk about lots of things but look, you mentioned heel earlier mm-hmm. and it's a short film that you did and released it and it's really short 10 minutes but yep. it's really good it's very uh, dramatic and impactful thank you and it's one
1: winning yeah a lot of awards well, i got an email today that it won something at the toronto indie shorts festival i don't know what award but it was kind of vague and i said
0: yeah dude it's so great. so tell me kind of take a couple steps back yeah why is short film? Or short films popular? What's the whole culture behind sure. short short films?
1: So this is something I had to learn the past few years, which uh, maybe a lot of your listeners know the whole business of film or not. You know, I'm always learning things. Mm-hmm. Feature films are designed to turn a profit. Short films are not. They're designed either to, to be developed into a feature film, into a series, or just like sh- a showcase for an actor or director, or just because someone wanted to make a piece of art and have people see it. Mm-hmm. So... I will I guess I'll skip ahead just briefly to say like a lot of people will say like, Oh, you're capitalizing on the speaking out movement to try to make money off it. There is no money to be made. <laughs> this movie is not making I've lost thousands of my own dollars on. Because you movie. gotta make it yourself. You have to make and then it nobody's
0: buying it really.
1: No one will buy it, yeah. Um, and even if I get it streaming somewhere, I'm gonna be paying to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote it and crowdfunded it in thirty days. We raised the whole budget using social media and Basically, wrestling fans and any connections I had out in LA. And
0: what budget did you have?
1: We wanted to raise sixty-five thousand dollars, and we raised. The website would show that we cro we like passed that, which isn't technically accurate because some of the the pledges, like I might pledge to work as a makeup artist for free, and we would count that as a thousand bucks. So like. Mm-hmm. We raised about like fifty-four thousand, I think, which gotcha. I think is just an insane amount of money for people just to be. Most of the donations were like ten, twenty bucks.
0: But and then, like you said, just then people realize this. They might not, but fifty-four thousand dollars is a huge amount of money. Yeah. But to make a movie, it's a very small amount of money. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I didn't realize that when I thought, when I wrote this script, I thought ten thousand max. <laughs> and our line producer goes seventy grand, and I said, no, I can't. <laughs> like, come on, man. So we had to meet somewhere in the middle and. It was a 32 page script that I cut down to 12 pages so it's very I mean there was a whole other storyline that we kind of cut out even in the editing process to get it down to 10 minutes 10 minutes is like the ideal programmable into a festival of length because it's just shorter and it's not like too long where you're like why is this so long but it's right. just get to the point here's what it is done you can fit it in wherever and I think that's kind of helped get into so many festivals which is cool
0: well, because like you said, and especially, you know how Hollywood is, and anything, if you're putting together an audition tape, you want it to be good, but if it's too long, people lose interest. Yeah. And if they know it's a short film, they'll probably give you 8 to 10. If it goes 12, 15, eh.
1: No way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, so we had original, original assembly cut, they call it, which is like nothing fine-tuned uh, in post-production, just putting scenes in order. It was like verging on 20 minutes, and we're all watching this going like, dude... The script was so awesome and shooting it was so great. Why is this just kind of like just dragging on? And so. So
0: the edit wasn't good?
1: It was just. There were things about it that, that weren't good. We like, somewhere in there, we need to tease out, like, gotcha. exactly what we need to have happen. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, it's like, okay, a big setup here. Kind of a long emotional scene. All right. And then, the, and then mm. so we just. That's why you'll notice it started with some action. There's some wrestling right in the beginning because we just thought why it originally started with like an emotional like scene and we thought it's a, people who want to see wrestling right away even if it's about you know what it's about show mm-hmm. some freaking action mm-hmm. and Chavo was the stunt coordinator on that too so that was pretty awesome
0: <laughs> he's all over the place too. everywhere yeah it's amazing how much work he's getting from wrestling stuff so where did you get the idea you mentioned the speaking up was this yeah. inspired by the speaking up movement
1: no actually uh about a year and a half or maybe more before that i wrote this it just takes so long even so, I kind of thought like, as people were accusing me of that, I'm like, we made this. The movie has been done for six months right. before this. Like, get off my back. Yeah, yeah. For that to have worked, I need a time machine for that to happen. <laughs> so, I just kind of became aware of some things in the Indian wrestling scene, of, you know, on the topic of sexual assault. Was kind of massively like upset about it. But I thought, well, what are you going to do about this? You you can't. There's no world in which you can go. Hi, everybody. Here's the rumor I just heard. You could, but then what? Someone sues you, or mm-hmm. whoever confided in you hates you now, right. uh, or or says, "I never said that." This guy's making up. You can't do that. So, I thought the thing that I can do, which is also something that I'm doing all the time, is just create something. So, maybe this will spark a conversation about it. Maybe it won't. But either way, I want to contribute in some way, like make the make these kind of stories heard without kind of stealing that voice from someone else. You can't take a, a victim story and, and make it your own you know mm-hmm. so and that's also why i asked maggie levin to direct it. she it's kind of a, a she described it as like a, a feminist revenge rape story sort of like through the lens of her eye it's about a guy but mm-hmm. it's kind of it made sense to have it told through her voice you know i wrote it and i'm in it and there's dudes in it but i wanted it to be
0: but also too like the, the way that you just described how you can't tell somebody else's story yeah is exactly what happens in heel when the guy yeah takes up for the girl and she says don't do it and he does it and so everyone's mad at him promoters mad at him yeah girls mad at him and what did you really get exactly yeah
1: Yeah. probably lost a lot probably will not get booked in places or opportunities
0: be friends with them anymore sure yeah. yeah
1: And that I sort of wanted the takeaway to be I did not want someone to watch this to go, oh, this is how you deal with it. And it's not. There is no way to deal with mm. it. It's confusing and it sucks for everybody. It's messy, and this guy's not a hero. He's confused. He's got a, a pill problem of his own. And that was he,
0: interesting twist. Well first give a brief plot summary. Sure, yeah. Yeah, we're i talking about, talking about things know it, knows what we're talking we've about. seen it, haven't you?
1: <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it. Well, you should have, you jerks. Uh it is about a an independent pro wrestler who is about to kind of make his big break and get a job somewhere at a big company, and then in his final independent match, he's going against a guy that one of his best friends, a female wrestler, says confides in him and says, "This man, you know, attacked me, assaulted me," uh, and so he just has this the feeling of like, "Do I sabotage everything and just beat this guy's ass in this match for real?" Or do I keep it to myself? Like, what's the move here? So that's, that's the general setup. right? Yeah, And we see that it's kind of, there is no right answer. It's messy. I mean, people would argue there's a right answer. I'm, I, we made the movie and I still don't know what you're yeah. supposed to do about this, you know? But,
0: but once again, it's really cool that, that this 10-minute movie, it does have a story that could be a 90-minute story, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, but because it's a short film, it's very impactful the way that you kind of got right yeah. to the point. Yeah. You know and I thought that was really really well done
1: thank you thanks for watching I really appreciate that it's uh awesome when someone watches it because of, there's just been years of time and effort put into this and just
0: well I, I did a documentary or well we started it pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and then it was just called I'm too old for this shit <laughs> and it's about it's a real story of a, of a friend of mine who I had no idea was in a metal band in the early 80s when he was 18 and they broke up just as teenagers do but they made a album that got overseas and 30 years later after never playing for 30 years find out that they have a fan base Whoa. and got booked on this big festival so I said like, yeah, I gotta send a camera crew because yeah. it's either gonna be the greatest story or just a complete bomb and either mm-hmm. way it should be interesting so when you make the movie like you said and once again I think my budget was about 50 or 60 uh-huh. with you know some help as far as people doing things for smaller prices or whatever mm-hmm. but when you make the movie and it's great even you, when you pair it down and edit it then you gotta sell the damn thing like you said yeah. and I got it onto iTunes and all the other stuff. I'm not going to make that money back. Sure. And it's not a lot, but it's still a lot, but it's still more important to get the art
1: out there. Yeah, and that's a really unique story, and so many people will see that. And no one's watching this going, wow, I wonder if the guy who made this made some money. No, they're loving the movie. That's right.
0: And I think that's kind of a lot of my point on that is when you made your film Mm -hmm. and you know doing the short film route, and you just mentioned earlier, you're doing it not to make money because you wanted to make this great piece of art and tell this great story. That takes precedent over everything. Yes. And so when you made the movie and then you cut it together, how do you start getting it out there so people can watch it? Because what I was gonna say is when we did it, the guy said, you can go the festival route Mm -hmm. and get all the awards. But it amounts to nothing. Yeah. Or you could try and sell it right off the bat, and then do the festival route. So those, it seems like there's a lot of different ways. Yeah, to do Yeah, yeah.
1: With the short film, it's just definitely for a short film, way more productive for me to put to try to get in festivals, just because mm. I can still try to develop it into a feature. You know, whether that happens or not. So why not try to get people to watch this? Right. And. You know, there's something about uh, I put a lot of work in this. I'd like to have some recognition. Damn it! Yeah, Instead yeah. of just hiding it somewhere or like, you know, I want people to see it.
0: But how do you get it into this? Into oh, the how? Do,
1: yeah, sure. Uh, so there are just so many more film festivals around the world than I thought there were. I, I interned for the Cleveland International Festival like in high school for a year, and I thought this is cool. And I got a little comedy short in there a couple of years ago, and I just thought, how many other cities have this? So you just. It's not a fun thing. It's like maybe when people are writing books and they just like have to write letters to publishers like 10 a day or something. Mm-hmm. Just So you got to submit to a bunch of them and you won't get into a bunch of them, but you'll get into ones you didn't think you'd get into. And so many of them this year, we put it off a year uh, because of the whole shutdown and pandemic and stuff. And I had to like politely be like, hey, sorry. uh yeah. We're going to wait a year and just, like, pull it back. And, you know, some festivals are pretty pissed about that, but it's like mm-hmm. I wanted people to be in person watching this on a big screen. And even with the delay, most of the festivals so far have been streaming, which is good and bad. Bad because I want people in person to see this, and you want to go network and meet people and you want just see reaction. on the big screen yeah, and see what they think live. But it's good because, you know, for instance, last week, the Orlando International Festival, uh, they had us streaming. So you could be in any city around the world, Click there, pay their ticket price, and just watch it online so you don't have to be in Orlando to watch it. So there's good and bad, so I can't, like, really complain that much about it.
0: Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next-day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. Have you got lots of reviews and positive remarks, negative remarks?
1: Um, if there are negative ones, I haven't heard them yet. It's so great. Maybe they're being hidden politely or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So far, pretty good. From any, from any, like, bigwigs at all? Though? Have any people seen it? Yeah. With, with
1: um, so, Jeff Tremaine, who who did Jackass and Bad Grandpa and right. Bad Trip, he, he actually backed the film. Him and his wife did. Oh, wow. And they loved it big time. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who's a, a big-time horror director, made Doctor Strange and all that. Oh, no He he. I'll give him credit right now. He suggested the thing in the beginning with the voiceover. Hmm. Uh, so... You know, yeah, it's it's getting out there and seems. Does this
0: help your overall
1: presence in Hollywood? I think so, yeah, because as you know, though the city is full of people who claim to be, you know, oh, I'm an actor, I'm a filmmaker, but what are you really doing? Typing Mm -hmm. at Starbucks or something. So, just say like, yeah, when I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. You know, and it's gonna take a while. It's gonna be hard, but here's the final product, and we did it,
0: man something you could give to somebody. Yeah. So here's some example. of Here, my work. Here's
1: a resume, man.
0: Right, right, right.
1: It's, it's got everything in there. Uh, producing, writing, and acting. So if you need any of those, and,
0: and fighting. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> that's the thing, though. You, you, you do a lot. I mean, obviously, so do I. But it's kind of like that's the best way to uh, build your career mm-hmm. in this day and age is not just put all the eggs in one basket. But there's a whole plethora of things that you do.
1: Oh, I've thought that about you forever, uh, writing books. Being in a band, mm. everything, everything you do—that's perfect expression. Not every egg in one basket. Like it's, people can go, oh, so what are you? Well, I'm this, but I also am really right. multi-talented and work hard very and succeed at all of them. You know?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Right.
1: So, your whole story is a big inspiration in general.
0: Well, and I appreciate that. But one of the things that I knew you were doing was, and I want to talk about your your FCW NXT time too, but. You were doing a lot of stand-up comedy, as yeah. was your brother. Uh huh. And how does that start? And then you actually toured with with Nick Dolph. So kind of to give sure, us yeah. Uh, so
1: when he was, I'm trying to remember. You know, because there's like Dolph Ziggler, Spirit Squad, Nicky, and then the K. Like I'm trying to remember exactly the timeline. I, uh, when he was in OVW, I guess he was. Some both of those of those things. I would drive from. I was in college, like an hour away, so I'd drive to Louisville and go watch his Wednesday night shows and come back, and bring. I would bring like the whole rugby team. We'd <laughs> go there. Everybody would drink beers, watch wrestling, and they were. They didn't know these guys don't watch wrestling. So they're like, what is this, you know? <laughs> and uh, this is like Jim Cornette time, and who, two thousand four OVW time. I don't know if you have any idea what was going About on. Both them or something. With, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it was so fun, man. Uh, and I I was involved in like, I played rugby, I wrestled in high school, but I was doing like more like improv and comedy and acting stuff at college. And I was watching this and thought, you know, I've never considered wrestling ever because it was just such a thing that my brother like claimed his whole life since he was a child. Like I will be in the WWF someday. And he's oh,
0: like,
1: yeah. yeah, you probably will. Okay, sure. Right. And uh, going to watch those shows, I was thinking like, man, maybe this is a thing that I should at least consider because it's like every time I go here and watch this I want to be doing this and I think maybe being on stages and doing the theatrical stuff and comedy maybe open up the idea of just like being in front of a crowd being a spectacle basically Right. and I've loved watching wrestling my whole life it just never crossed my mind to like infringe on like my brother's thing that's what it oh, he, felt like yeah. yeah it felt like a territory thing yeah
0: How, he's older than you by uh like five years so was his the little yeah. brother gonna come in and try and take over yeah. my stuff yeah and whether he's probably not
1: thinking that but i'm just like assuming he's <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. that and i think fast forward a year or two i'm like living in chicago trying to do acting and improv there and he was in town for SmackDown, and i was like I've been bugging him for week, maybe months. Like, how do I get involved in wrestling? What's the, I'm trying to search for schools around Chicago. And all I'm, at that stage in the game, there's like just a few places to go. And he just put it to me. He's like, go to Lance Storm School or go to OVW. That's it. Don't bother anywhere else. And no offense to all the amazing other schools that I'm sure exist somewhere. Yeah. But just from his own experience, that's where he learned from go, go to Canada with Lance Storm. And I thought, well, that's my first choice. But it's so hard to go to a different country. And Louisville is clo- centrally close to. I don't know. I, I could eas- more easily move move there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's what I did. I t- uh, sold everything and took like a backpack and flew, like bought a ticket to Louisville and just said I'll figure out where to live and get a car. I, it was like staying with someone temporarily. I think I bought a car from an Olive Garden server <laughs> for like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, started training with Rip Rogers. And so then, you just show
0: up and he instantly accepts you,
1: um, you have to they pay? had a tryout I'm a little fuzzy in exactly what the. I think it's fuzzy because they changed it it was kind of like is this a tryout or are you guys just convincing people to, to like sign <laughs> up, you know, sign like up those things? Yeah, right. I remember Nick at some point saying every wrestling school is going to rip you off but the best ones to be ripped off by are these two or whatever you know <laughs> sorry everybody
0: Were you guys in this, in this, in in it together? Was he already in WWE? No, he,
1: at this point, I think he was Dolph Ziggler touring around, like hitting a stride Mm -hmm. of being like, all right, I feel comfortable. Not comfortable, but like I work here now. It's okay
0: for me to get involved.
1: Yeah. And then I, I, uh, his, his deal was always like, finish college, finish your degree, and, uh, Get footage of some matches after you wrestle for a while and I'll maybe I'll see if I can pass it on to someone. It was always like a me like I don't know. And I thought that's smart, because what if I'm just so bad, dude? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know what I was doing, but Jim Cornette just I think looked at me and saw, like, you're handsome and have kind of a good body. You'll just be on TV right away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that how that works. Yeah. And I'm just like clueless, man. Like my opponent's just calling every single thing to me. And there's one point where I just freeze on TV in a match, and my opponent goes very loudly, body slam me, you asshole. (laughs) And and now you just see me go, all right, body slam. (laughs) I am an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I'm stupid, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, but but Cornette just thought, and I know people have mixed feelings about him, but this is just part of the story. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, was super into me. And thought, well, he's going to be tag champ, we'll make him rookie of the year, we'll do some things. So I'm just on every night and I'm just sort of kind of having to really learn really, really fast. And then at some point I had to make the phone call to him to say, hey, man, they offered me to go to FCW. I think, you know, obviously I'm going to do that <laughs> on the phone. I remember him saying, yeah, I fig- <laughs> he screams everything. Yeah, I figured those Connecticut cocksuckers would take you away sooner than later. All right. I guess I got to rewrite TV now. Great.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> you know, like. Right. Which happened to him all the time. They just take his <laughs> guys sure, at yeah. no week's notice. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's so funny that that place, like, it's a smaller regional thing. And even when it was a, a associated with WWE, like, you know, WWE is the more important, bigger company. But right. to them, it was like, well, well, they can't leave. They're the tag champs. Like, but, you know, and that's still how it was even without being connected to them. So, uh, yeah, then I went to Florida and had adventures there.
0: We'll get into your time with WWE, but first I want to give you a few words from Indeed.com. If you run your own company and you're ready to get serious about building a championship team to help take your business to the next level, let Indeed Instant Match help you out. Indeed.com slash Jericho is the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place Even interviewing, don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Use Indeed's hiring tools to help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. Indeed Instant Match provided a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates that you invite are three times more likely to apply uh, for your job than those who only see it in the search alone. According to Talent Nest as well, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the all of the job sites combined. So more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Join them now. Get started with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Jericho. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Jericho. Indeed.com slash Jericho. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Ryan, did you ever get to the point with WWE where you were being considered to be called up to the main roster from NXT? It's
1: a hard-to-answer question because I think so, but then is that true or not? I don't know. There would be times when uh, Dusty seemed to really take a leg to to me and put me in a tag team right away. It was kind of similar to OVW. Like, well, I think you'll just be somehow factored into our TV show. Mm -hmm. And made us tag champs right away and i felt like this is cool man i'm like i know it's a smaller scale thing and we're just touring around florida and georgia but i felt very uh lucky and honored to be like doing house show matches with uh moxley and xavier woods and sandow and like thought this is awesome they're
0: great all great crew there right yeah really
1: great crew i'm getting better each match just being around them you know and relaxing there's a point of my brain was like all right stop freaking out you're this is yeah just enjoy what's happening and do good at it you know and then uh there there was like rumors and dusty would like tell you things and i think they were true but i don't know how much was in his power or not so i never i don't know no idea who's your name there briley pierce where'd you
0: come with briley
1: Danny Davis' real last name was Briley. Ah. Yeah, so I thought this would be a secret little way to <laughs> say thank you, Danny Davis. And uh, also, it's very strange and weird, so it'll kind of, they. I, I suggested so many names. I was hoping Briley would be in there somewhere. And I got a text one night that said, you can either be Nathan Pierce or Briley Pierce. And I was like, obviously the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What other names did you have? Um, a lot of Skylers on there. I was trying what to be Skyler. Yeah.
0: Alexander Briley was a member of the village people. Which one? I think he was kind of the utility guy. Like sometimes okay. he was an army guy, and then once in a while he'd be like a you disco guy, out. like whatever oh, they needed. Man. So there you go, you got that in common with them. Nice we'll on some of the differences between OVW and FCW as far as the way they trained you, etc.?
1: Okay, so Dr. Tom was our head trainer when I first got there, and I remember it would, there was this feeling of, like, well, it's going to be really hard. Like, certain days, you're just in the ring for, like, 40 minutes. And I thought, dude, they were killing me in OVW. We training six days a week, <laughs> TV, torrent, like, it, and I'm not getting paid. It was like, you right. have to also have to have another job, too. So I think if you came from different schools or, or from indies, maybe this was a big shock. But I thought, like, oh, this is actually a little bit easy. like, a lot easier than OVW physically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, coming from Rip Rogers... Again, a lot of controversial people in my training, but Dr. Tom, you know, loved him and he, no matter how new I was, I had like the, the, at least been drilled into me basic
0: things of the foundation, the fundamentals of wrestling. That's the most important thing. What'd you say? That's the most important thing is is to be trained properly in the foundations. Then you can build the rest on top Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And I... There's some times in my life right
1: now where I feel like I can't like do flips. I'm not doing ninja mm. acrobatics, acrobatics and stuff and when I will say that out I'll, I'll be talking to Sandow, for instance. He's a great friend of mine. He'll say, "Yeah, but you're you know like people will hate you or they'll love you and there's a, there's like basic things, you know. you those are extra. If you're good at those great, but if you're not there's other, you know."
0: Right, right. Yeah, right. And
1: that's a reassuring thing.
0: Well, the thing with FCW2, this is pre-NXT. Yes. And that was the big kind of warehouse. Yeah. With I think they fit four rings in there, but it was mm-hmm. very close together and, like, 60 eyes or whatever it was. Yeah, it
1: was really cramped, and <laughs> there was, like, an ice closet with an ice machine. People would get changed in there. There was, like, a bathroom. There was not There was not locker rooms. <laughs> Just find yeah. places
0: that you could go, Everything mean. you
1: get changed, yeah. And there were, yeah, so many rings in there. And then it, it turned into NXT midway through when I was there, and that was a big, sort of, everything shifted. And so Dusty
0: got involved... No, Dusty was well, in he, FC, he was always involved. He was in FCW. Me. Yeah. That's right. I remember, that. I remember his office there.
1: Yeah. Um, I loved being around him. He was someone I loved to, uh, him and Dr. Tom, just like ask them something. And, you know, and also it was a good way to get out of taking bumps, but just be like, <laughs> hey, so what about this? And it was just a long story. And you're like, cool. Cool story. And also like, ah, easy day of practice.
0: <laughs> Fished in. Yeah. Did Dusty help you a lot?
1: Yes. Uh, I loved everything about his promo days. And. Seeing him sort of, uh, like, oversee all of the, the little regional TV show he did there, FCW, was, like, really incredible. And mm. He did, for a few weeks, he would say, I want you guys to write up what you think next week's TV show should be, minute by minute. Actually, here's an example of what the format looks like. Duplicate this. And I thought that was, like, really, mm. I don't know if they do anything like that there now, but... Super helpful because you could see why certain decisions are made and why you can't. like not every single person could be on every single show right. and not every match can be so long. There's need commercial breaks and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was cool. I like doing that.
0: So what kind of you mentioned f- flirting with getting called up or, or mm-hmm. hearing rumors? What led to you leaving the WWE system?
1: Well, they used to have this dry erase board. They had the call. It was FCW Top Ten. And it would be usually whoever's champion was number one, then two, whatever. And it kind of, it was a ever-changing way of thinking, this is what publicly what everyone thinks about you here. Right. I remember being like three or four for so long and thinking like, I don't know if I really deserve that, but this is reassuring. It's cool. Like someone here thinks I, I have something to offer, which mm-hmm. is nice and uh in a business where you don't ever know what anyone you know it's kind of mysterious that this is like a dry right there it's right there and easily erased but like could it so you'd see like ah my five this week and like of course if you're caught looking at it like what are you right right the do you put it up there for yeah of course um (laughs) and i would always ask like after every match and every training session whoever is the producer that day or the coach that day like what's the deal what am i good at what am i bad at which i work more on you know and there's a lot of amazing trainers there, so you have a lot to learn. And then suddenly there's a change of regime of like who is in charge. And then I, feel like- I went from like one of the top, held in high regard people on every show to now I'm in like the training class with the brand new football guys, and I'm wow. just instantly overnight.
0: Was someone Triple H took over? Um, I that-
1: see. I don't really know exactly when Triple H took over. It's kind of a blur. There was a day when he would come in and say all right, guys, I'm running this now. And then the next day, Johnny Ace is come in and go, just so you know, I'm still in charge. And then we are like, uh, well, what is happening here, dude? Right, right, right. Um, but the head coach, Bill, Bill, took over, and it was almost like, oh, see ya, I don't like you. Gotcha. Yeah. And I don't know what that's based on. Maybe he just, you know, people just like certain people and don't like certain people or whatever. But I remember he had me come in the office one time and said, uh, you're not in our uh, whatever uh, – why, why are you getting these reviews and i'm like i don't know my reviews used to be awesome like a, a week ago or something i don't know how exactly this is worded but like you're writing them uh i think so it's interesting to go after a match and say like norman Smiley is your agent and say so what do you think and he would tell you details and i would think okay cool and then hear from someone else like wow you're really bad like okay so which one is the truth and that's maybe just the nature of anything in entertainment, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they finally just... So I was, uh, I also thought like, man, I'm really spinning my wheels here, and I know I'm still newer than most of the people involved in the wrestling business, and this is kind of a shitty way to think, but I'm also grown-up, and if there's no, I'm like pitching things all the time to be people's managers. I think I excelled more at uh, promos at that point than, I was not like an amazing in-ring technician, but I was, I could captivate or get attention and get yeah. people, you know, so I was pitching that kind of thing, and there's an idea where I would be uh, <laughs> the personal scribe of Damien Sandow, like, scribe. yeah, oh man, we were doing that in promo days a lot, <laughs> I thought that, that was going to be so good, uh, just a, a number of different ideas, anything with my brother, you know, and... It just became once NXT became like now NXT is a thing. It's no longer a game show. This is the show. Mm-hmm. I, we did a pilot episode, and even on that pilot episode, I was factored in very highly. And then suddenly, the show starts airing, and it's like you're the backstage interviewer now. And I thought, dude, come on, like I'm. This sucks. Yeah. yeah. And maybe looking back on that, that could have been a long, uh, lucrative career. But like I didn't want to do Would that. Would be happy. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be. Yeah, it's a great. Ex- great question i would not be happy you know and then i started thinking like i gotta set a deadline if something doesn't happen by this date i will i should go somewhere else and do something like wrestle somewhere else or it's just something needs to change i in this it's a part of your youth where you don't know what the answer is but like this it's not working you know someone here hates me i think (laughs) it's not gonna happen
0: well, it's like any, you know, you play in a team, the coach doesn't like you, you sit yeah. on the bench. That's how it goes. That's yeah. it,
1: yeah. And that week was approaching, and then I got released, and I was like, all right, good <laughs> time. Wow. Exactly, yeah.
0: And did no uh, inclination or warning or indi- indications at all?
1: Well, now that we're thinking about this, I remember I called one of the, the, the new office guys who was under Triple H, and I said, very... Hey man, I think that someone just doesn't like me here. Like, I think I'm doing really well and trying hard and all of my coaches and trainers think I'm great, but some, like, I think it's just not going. And then he was like, yes, I can confirm that someone does not like you. And I was <laughs> like, okay. You, so we're kind of like out loud acknowledging this. And then when he called me to release me, I was like, do you remember the phone call we had? And he goes, yep. I'm like, is that what's happening? He goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. great, man. <laughs> cool, thanks. <laughs> right thanks for the phone call
0: so was that kind of a, even though you said you're spinning your wheels and all these sort yeah. of things when you actually do get the axe do you feel like oh no what am I going to do now or was it a relief man it was
1: a lot of things it was sort of like you can't be that upset if you knew like you said the wheels are spinning and you want you were thinking yourself like you wanted to go reset your life somehow but also damn dude I really wanted to travel the world wrestling with my brother and be best friends with him and you know, dude, I loved what I was doing, you know. So, you feel like a weirdly ashamed, embarrassed. This f- sucks, man. I'm just, my life's over. I, mean, I said that on the phone call, like, my life's ruined. He said, So, you're going to have a, 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 a. I said, Something like, How was your day just calling people and fire them? He's like, Yeah, it's pretty rough, man. I remember thinking, Don't say it's rough. You're, I'm the one. Getting hey, yeah, the fire, dude. yeah. Yeah. Well, then
0: you're out of a job, too. Yeah. Is that so, when you got into the comedy thing?
1: Well, I kind of thought, like, I'm going to be as far from Tampa as possible the city I love more than any other city. Man, I love Tampa for so many reasons, but after just being around there for, like, a month or two, it's just, it's, well, they're in Orlando now, but, like, everyone I knew there is still going to the shows and sure. wrestling, and, like, I just, it's just so brutally painful to be around yeah. this. rubs your face in it. Yeah, so I went as far as possible to the next ocean to LA and it's the same thing, just starting when I go to Louisville, like just starting fully fresh, don't really have a place to live or a job, uh, ended up getting a job working at a fancy gym training people and just thought like wrestling may still be on the horizon, but for now my brain needs to like focus on other creative things. So I would just got really into comedy and acting and you know, eventually I would gradually get back into doing wrestling on the Indies and doing Tommy Dreamer tours and stuff, and it would it felt like all right, yes, I do love this. And like the part you thought you hated it because of this bad experience, but there's ups and downs everywhere. Sure so, of course. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about uh, your first comedy show, but before we do, birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest investor.gov all right ryan what was your first comedy show like
1: um i started i was at some after party somewhere and the second city guys were like hey you're we know you from nxt we do this comedy show where we have a wrestler guest host and then we do improv would you want to like be the guest host one time it's right in town it's here and i thought yeah dude of course yeah. and if also this could be a way <laughs> i was just kind of thinking this'll be a way to skip the whole line of like, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. like get right on stage. Okay, perfect. Yeah, right. So I did a show with them and then after the show, they said, hey, like immediately afterwards, that was awesome having you. Do you want to just be in this show permanently? And I said, well, how do you mean? And they said, we just think you're really good at this. And I said, yep, okay, cool. So that was really good to have like a routine, regular schedule, like I will be on stage these times this month, that's good. And then I started it's uh, like the same with a lot of things I think networking and knowing people and Nick was doing he, I think he's maybe he's just trying to learn stand up at that point he's making a lot of stand up comedy friends mm-hmm. and so they would ask him like hey do you want to be in this thing we need a wrestler and he, he would say I'm on tour but my brother lives there so that would that was cool and then Morrison was out there John Morrison right. I just kind of got very luckily factored into a lot of cool social and networking things that led to I was on stage Constantly all month long, and it felt like good. It felt good to be in, you know, like the thing of being a spectacle in front of a crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, then it, it, there is a lot of uh, similarities between wrestling and, and and comedians because it's all about timing. Mm-hmm. You know, you need timing to be a wrestler. You need timing to be a comedian. So we see a lot of the guys get into that and do yeah. do quite well. Because even like I've done, uh, like one-man shows, mm-hmm. Mick Foley's done them, and they're basically just telling stories, long, long-term long jokes. Yeah. What kind of comedy style do you have, though? So I would do, uh, I love doing characters or
1: just little bits, you know, so it feels less like you're watching stand-up. <laughs> like, Nick will do traditional stand-up. Yeah. He'll, he will go out there and do a stand-up routine for 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever, and I think that's awesome. I'm more into, like, I just love Andy Coffin so much, so I just, I just my brain goes that way so maybe I'm a high school character you know reading a poem about the girl who dumped him or something
0: you come up there as the character yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so
1: (laughs) and I would do that in promo days in Dusty's class and I just it sort of felt like you know that always felt like work you're doing it but it's to try to get somewhere but in here it's like you could just do that and there's less pressure and people are ready they want to laugh they're not nervous because they also work there they're just like someone's on stage what is this he's pretending to be a high school character all right great <laughs> and uh i would always say hey if anyone knows my mom like i'm out way past curfew just be cool you know <laughs> and like right away they're like we like this cool We're yeah, into yeah, this. yeah so that kind of stuff
0: so you went on tour with with nick with yeah your
1: so we will do i'll usually do we'll have a local stand-up at some point, I'll MC it, and then I'll also come back as a different character and do something, and then, then he'll do stand up, and then it's like q and A Q&A with the two of us and whatever. If we have a, a wrestler who lives in that town that wants to join or make it, you know, and those shows, it's fun because you can have Zack Ryder show up and like people just go, ah, yeah, they love someone appearing.
0: So, because it's one of the things like with with, with Fozzy, at first, I had to distance the two, yeah, because people thought I was going to be on stage. You know, in spandex, singing about body slams <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And it's like, this is not the same thing. And is your comedy wrestling related or? Uh, extremely not. Until just
1: before the pandemic thing happened, I started thinking, I think I'll start incorporating, maybe I'll be like a referee character. And then, and then everything just got shut down. So, no.
0: So not. I, not yet. Yeah. I, I did a, a standup. I did one standup show in my life when I first started wrestling in Calgary at an open mic. Uh-huh. And I remember I was like, I had a, I, was, I, I spent a lot of time picking my outfit. Yeah. And I had like a wife beater on with a, with a, like a turquoise blue short sleeve, open shirt. And I was like, man, I look really cool. This is funny. <laughs> this is a funny outfit. Yeah. And my big topic of, of, of joke was, I don't know if you even have it in, in the States. When you go to the movies and you order popcorn. They they ask they, they put golden topping on it, which is butter, but it's oh, some sure. kind of yeah you know equivalent of it. Would you like some golden mm-hmm. topping? And my whole act was based around how golden topping sounded erotic and comparing <laughs> it to a golden shower and tore the house down to the point where I never got booked ever again. But that was I thought that was gonna be so funny, golden topping. So you're, you're welcome to try it if you ever want. I thought it sounded a little sexual <laughs> just hearing it. So, so now that it's, it's it's great Now that we're 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 back You know God willing Continuing in this Right direction mm-hmm. Do you go back On the road For stand up too Or do you Not have as much time For that as you did
1: I would love to And especially uh, Like you said Things are kind of Going in that direction We're getting Messages now About setting up dates And
0: To you guys the Yeah and I just
1: really want to do it. Especially now Because at that point I'm kind of like Maybe if you're A big wrestling nerd You knew who Riley Pierce was But you probably don't but yeah, like
0: just on you, yeah, yeah. And that's and, what it has to be, yeah.
1: And but well, now it, to get an exposure on AEW is very. Oh, that's nice. right. Good point. So I feel like it will no longer be like, hey, we're here for Dolph Ziggler. But who's this? Oh, oh, we realize. Okay, so that's Look, who this guy is. Cool. Right. Right. He was kind of funny, but that's we. Now it'll be like a uh, built-in. Like, well, we already like this guy. Are you going to be
0: able to now, though? With the politics. Oh, Dotto and AEW doing comedy shows together. Oh, yeah. I think he got in trouble
1: for tweeting so much about he would always like anti advertise for dynamite by like posting, like, do not watch this show. This guy sucks. And it's me. <laughs> and it, Don't tune into TNT at 8 PM tonight. Do not, you know? And I think after a few months, maybe he got a talking to or
0: something. Yeah. Cause I was going to book him on my cruise at one point. And like you can't book him on your cruise. I'm like, why? He's coming as a comedian. Oh damn. That would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I,
1: you know, if, A.W. has never a problem with that. I don't think My brother will probably Just say Oh A.W. would never yeah. have a problem I mean been. I hope they won't Have a problem hey, with Hey listen
0: that. We got a comedian we'll, we'll, I'll book you instead Yeah I'll book the funnier Of the Nemeth brothers Yeah, yeah I straight. said That's
1: right That's right So
0: how would you Would you do Would you do your act and Then he would do his act And would you do anything Together at the end Or like a- We
1: would do uh, Well okay th- I'm. I'm just, this is our show We would do together We would do a and a Because inevitably There's a million Wrestling fans there Who do there. So we would Oh this is a, man it was so fun we would have index cards at every table. So if you have a question to ask, you know, Dolph Ziggler at the end, just turn We'll collect them, you know. But I would always include, uh, like, fake questions. Like, <laughs> and he was doing this before I was really involved with Sarah Tiana, the comedian. And, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. She was on she, the cruise, supposed to be my cruise last yeah, year. Geez, then she went and got pregnant.
1: That's right. The audacity. That damn baby. Jeez Louise. She was awesome. I loved uh, being on stuff with her. She was, like, you know, I'm kind of doing weird stuff, and Nick's, uh, you know, more green and stand-up, but pretty good. She was like, this is the pro stand-up comedian. Like, this is <laughs> great, you know? She's a pro, so right, It was great yeah, to yeah. see, like, how she handles someone, you know, yapping in the front row or how, how she, yeah. And it was cool to see how she changes things night to night, too. Um, but, yeah, so the Q&A would go on, and, and if it was kind of dragging on, I'd be like, all right, it's time for this question. How big is Batista's dick? How would he know? It? Well, who wrote this? Who wrote this? You know, like that kind. Of, you just plant those in there, sort of. That was always the one. That one always tore that house down. Yeah, man. If it's not going well, it's just ask about it.
0: <laughs> that dick size for Big Dave. <laughs> as we start to to, to wind down here, uh, heel now being as successful as it is, does this now? encourage you to do more do you want to do more short films or i'd like to um do because I, I don't want to do more short films
1: i want to be behind bigger ones so more films in general yeah films in general definitely i've got this uh, horror script that's getting in some hands right now what a phrase getting in some hands <laughs> See, well, you're, it's, it's making it rounds, you're you know? Hollywood rounds yeah
0: so you wrote the script
1: yeah i wrote this horror script and it was kind of cool because maggie the 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 director who made heel She's, by the way, having an amazing film career now. She uh, did a movie for Hulu. She's writing the new Labyrinth sequel. She's wow. Yeah. After heel, we had to delay heel because she got no, not. I don't <laughs> want to make it, this. Not, heel led not to why. this.
0: Yeah.
1: We actually had it. She was like, "Let's make this movie. Here's the date we're gonna do it." And then she said, "Bad news, but amazing news. I'm making a giant feature film for Hulu and Blumhouse." And I was like, "Cool, Great. Awesome. How,
0: how does that help me?
1: Yeah, so we have to <laughs> delay this. Uh, so she's she's off and running like on feature films now. She said literally out loud, I want this to be my final short film I make. And I mm-hmm. said, that sounds great. This will be my first short film. <laughs> right,
0: right. So you want to do more filmmaking in front of the camera, behind
1: uh, writing scripts too? Yeah. I liked, I just like creating things and I feel, dude, AEW so great for that. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Just doing things for BT is so fun. Oh, right. Or when there's, I can't believe the amount of pre-tapes I've gotten on these shows on Dark and Elevation coming from being I'm not someone who will complain too much about the past, but like, man, being like, Hey, interview this guy. Okay. To, you know, Jess Palumbo come up and saying, you guys have a pre-tape. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I get to decide what we do. That's the beautiful. Amazing. Playing, yeah. yeah. Side to be trusted with that kind of,
0: it's like what I heard about Clint Eastwood. I've heard about his directing style. He does one or two takes, two takes at the most for these Oscar winning million dollar baby movies. When they ask him why do you only do one or two takes, he says because I hired professionals. Yeah, they are professional actors. That's why I hired them and cast them. I don't need fifty takes. I know they'll do it in one or two, and that's it. Let's move on. Awesome. That's and I think I really feel that with AEW. Yeah, there's some people that need a little bit of of a boost, and 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 like for example, inner circle like Sammy Guevara promo a year and a half ago to now, he's but I'd never given him any lines, just a couple directions here and there, and that. That's kind of the attitude of our company. We want you to be yourself. I love that. To experiment and get better on your own, because that's the only way you can.
1: Just being able to uh, be Ryan Nemeth and have the owner of the company say, uh, "You're going to be the Hollywood hunk because you live in Hollywood and are hunk." I was like, "Perfect." Or he, or my trunk said hunk. He goes, "Okay, but what kind of hunk are you?" And I said, "Hollywood." And he goes. Hollywood, let's go, let's go, you know. It's great. It's great.
0: It's great. It's great.
1: Where you can never do that. It's some instant. in any other business really you're like, I'm gonna do this today. No you're not. You know? yeah. <laughs> well,
0: oh we gotta just check it with the trademark yeah. and all of this stuff too, right?
1: To be trusted creatively with things and I so I do feel every trip I come here, I am writing, performing, and then wrestling. It's right. all all of those things are happening. So it's it doesn't feel like if I'm secretly working at a script somewhere I'm like, you know, cheating on a job. It's feel like this is fine mm-hmm. this is great and he would i remember that being a big thing i was worried about i would ask him like hey if, if i book an acting job or a commercial or something will you be mad at that and he goes no it fits your character it's perfect and i'm like man it's what a good feeling uh,
0: talk a little bit about the wingman and how that came <laughs> the wingman oh man <laughs> and uh, the wingman is caesar Bononi. Yeah. you jd drake and uh pretty
1: peter avalon
0: JD Drake. I was like, when I first saw that guy, he was walking <laughs> through the bowl, and I said, "That guy looks like the most oldest school territorial brother you ever <laughs> yeah, see." Dude. And then the next week he's on Dynamite, and then he's back again and again and again. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this dude?
1: Uh, there was a time where I think maybe Tony like just likes seeing me in matches doesn't know where I fit in yet, but you know maybe okay, let's try you tagging with Peter. Or let's try you tagging with this JD guy. Let's try you tagging whatever, and then. The things kind of overlapped with him, tr- with Peter and Caesar tagging. So it was kind of like, what is this a group or not a group? We're mm-hmm. unclear what's happening. And uh, I remember walking around Diamond one day, and, and three people said, "Hey, did you talk to Tony yet? Go talk to him." And I was like, "All right." So I knock on the door, and he goes, "You're gonna be the wingman, okay?" Uh, Christian thought of this. He thinks you guys look kind of funny together, and it could be funny. You would be funny, you know. Like th- you figure it out, right? And I was like. Alright, so I went back and I gathered everyone around I said, alright, so we're the wingmen now. <laughs> <laughs> they said, what does that mean? I'm like, you know, like when you go to a bar and help a guy meet a girl, we're just that. Just all the time. And it's not really ever about women. It has not yet to be about that. But
0: you guys are helping other people get women. No, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> not one of you ever get the women. <laughs> no one ever gets it. So we've... uh it started out as us trying to make jd as sexy as the rest of us you know which i love that we think that we are of the course sexy. Yeah.
0: pretty peter I'll get yeah pretty Peter. and we're
1: having him uh like trying on different clothes and i i went on amazon and just ordered like what i thought were sexy shirts from like the early 2000s <laughs> like see-through things and like <laughs> yes. a lot of see-through things actually and his actual reactions of me showing them i'm like do that on a camera because that was perfect this looks like a fishing net. What is this? You know? Peter? JT. Like, JT. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: It's like a fishing net. And Peter Avalon has the funniest face. I was, I was hanging out with him last night, <laughs> yeah. and he was telling the story with this look on his face. I was like, dude, you got to stop. You're, you're killing me. This, You're making me laugh so hard. And he's just got this like, wh- "Yeah, are you putting on a face? Like, no, I'm not putting that on that a face. That's just what I look like.
1: Yeah. he's. I uh, knew him from L.A. the whole time I've been out there. And just, it's, Cool he's on my phone as Norv Fernum because when he was in Impact he was Norv Fernum I thought that was the funniest <laughs> name, dude. Norv. That's that's something like Dr. Tom used to write on the on the thing if it was, we didn't want to he didn't want anyone to know what the match was. Fernum, Durnum, and Snabit's favorites, so yeah. I thought, dude, Norv Fernum is
0: is always the word, <laughs> the, the furnum in the Norv. Um last couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite match that you ever had? And since we're talking about Hollywood, what's your favorite
1: movie? Oh man, the movie one is so hard. It changes for me so often. Let's start with Today, the wrestling. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Scrooge, favorite movie. Oh yeah. Bill Murray Scrooge. You could watch uh, every Christmas for sure. Definitely. I like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as well. Every Thanksgiving. I, tr- I every tried Christmas. to rewatch
1: that a couple weeks ago. It got almost, and then we watched something else.
0: Oh, not a, not a fan of the planes and trains.
1: I was pushing for it hard, but my girlfriend we she eventually wanted to watch something else, and I was just thinking. Is
0: she younger, your girlfriend? A
1: little bit younger, yeah. Because but it was her
0: idea. Well, there you go. She said, you "I've never seen this movie. before." And it's I said, "Great."
1: I was trying to play it cool because if I come on too eager, then it's not. It's like, well, "What is? What do you want oh, to?" Watch the that's such a great story. So um, yeah,
0: I love the line when uh, when when Steve Martin punches uh, John Candy in the stomach. He goes, "You could have killed me." Houdini died that way. I still love that. We were actually going to use that when uh, when Sammy quit the inner circle and he punches Max uh, MJF in the stomach, and then Max is going to say. Houdina died this way, but we thought it was too funny. Too funny. Yeah. He did die that way. He did. That's right. I read that this summer. He punched
1: in the stomach, basically, yeah. Damn. Um, Runner-up, Paddington 2. Paddington 2? Like Paddington the bear? The bear. Paddington 2, I watched on the way back from Australia, I think, and I thought, I just want to not think for a couple hours. Let's just put this on, and I'm, like, on the plane, like, teary-eyed, like laughing so hard so just love this little bear and then when he's having a bad
0: time I'm like why everyone's so mean to him so so that's better than Paddington the original
1: well I went back and then had to of course rewatch or just watch Paddington the first time <laughs> pretty good it's a pretty good movie but 2 is just so good man
0: it's, it's one of the rare like Godfather 2 that's yeah. better than the original Empire Strikes Back people think Paddington I'm crazy
1: too. but I think Ghostbusters 2 is better wow I have to say you're crazy on that in my opinion Terminator 2 also better Better, dude. Better. There's so something in
0: Terminator One, but Terminator Two is the first kind of big budget oh CGI movie. I watched that. We, I, uh,
1: she hadn't seen that, so we watched that. That's what we watched instead of Planes, Trains on. Okay, yeah.
0: Watch Planes and Trains around Thanksgiving. It's a yeah, seasonal movie. It's,
1: it's good. It's
0: a great it movie. A seasonal um, movie. Um,
1: that tiny little washcloth. I remember. That. <laughs> uh, so, favorite match. It's, it's been so far for a long time. We did a tag match in NXT where it was me and Maddox against my brother. Or no, me and uh, Maddox against, uh, I'm sorry. Who's Mickey, Maddox? Who? Brad Maddox and my brother against oh. me and Trent Baratta. That's what it was, me and oh, Trent. Okay, together, jeez. I didn't,
0: I didn't know Trent was in NXT too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that
1: was just such a fun match. And it was a great, I'd done like really small little things with him before wrestling, but to have an actual main event, house show, NXT, like go as long as you want and to have like all oh, the giant house because of him of course and mm. to be in a hold and to like i have this instinct of like all right let's go to the next thing and he's like just hang on listen to him and he's like calmly talking like oh this is how you rest Your brother was saying that yeah he's oh, like cool. just listen just listen you know and like very such so little was planned out and to have him go uh why don't you like fight out of this and give me a couple arm drags i don't know and i was like what okay <laughs> is this how this works great and it, it was just way better than any other the, the really planned out things we've been doing ever, you know. People are going crazy, and I know it's partly because they're here to see their big hero, Dolphs, or sure. the big star, but also this, you know, it's just relax. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, the, they're, yeah.
0: Like we said, now that we have our crowds back, that's what it's all about. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I had a singles match with Billy Gunn on the indies that I thought was You ma- mentioned that before. Oh, let's oh, let's my, finish off with yeah. this. Tell us about yeah. this yeah. match. We so he was one of my coaches in NXT. Oh, okay. And I just thought, uh there's something about him that really resonates with me for some reason, where it's not about like, ah, oh, the technical, you know, this move into that move. It's more like people like something or they hate it and will be entertaining to them and like yes. it's always like jived with me with him, that kind of mindset. More of, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not gonna do a million moves. He even said, <laughs> said that day he's like Dude, before 50, who cares? Why? For what? Right. How about we just look at someone's eyes and go like this, you know? That's right. Yeah. And uh, we, I think I watched that on YouTube recently, like 11 minutes go by. We still hadn't touched each other and the people are just going absolutely nuts. And I kept thinking, dude, this guy this is so fun. This is the best. And of course there's like sentimental nostalgia about people like Billy Gunn who they grew up watching. Like I get that. But also, this is—I felt pretty cool.
0: It's the real secret of wrestling, yeah. you know. And that's what we're teaching a lot of our guys that came straight from the Indies on national mm-hmm. TV, and they're slowly like, "You're right, man. It's not about the move; it's about the reactions," which we didn't have for so long. Right and now, when we're getting that back, it makes everything so much easier and so much better.
1: They were chanting these ridiculous things, and we were making eye contact and like had a hide that we were laughing at it. They were—they <laughs> started like ironically chanting four stars four stars <laughs> and we hadn't yet to lock up and we go let be like ah, i'm not ready to lock up <laughs> six stars and they got i think at some point they got to 12 and we're like what should we just not wrestle then should we end it and eventually we had a match and it was fun but I, uh today we talked about it and i said i said like you should just we sh-, i'd go to time and just hit the famous round, like that we shouldn't have had the match like scrap every anything
0: you know? <laughs> that's all you needed to do so to maybe those two so far, but... Mm-hmm. Many more to come. Plenty more to come, yeah. man. Well, thank you for the uh, 12-star podcast <laughs> interview today. <laughs> ah, thanks but, for uh, having definitely. me. Definitely. Heel is great, and I hope to see uh, more uh, directorial script writing producing from you in the future. Me too. Thank you very much. Wingman, baby. Wingman. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but...